Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion live on LinkedIn and shared on platforms including YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As ever, we're kindly sponsored by Virtue VMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. If you're in the market for a new used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton or York. In the studio this week, I'm joined by James Dentith from upskilling and apprenticeship specialist Baltic. And down the line, we have Harry Ricks, the fintech entrepreneur behind Yorkshire-based Expensemate. Let's have a look at what the economy is doing for business at the moment. Figures released this week show a record 29.2 million people on payrolls. That's 120,000 above pre-pandemic levels. And a few months ago, we were worried about mass unemployment when the furlough scheme ended. This is overshadowed actually by another remarkable statistic, and that's about 1.2 million unfilled vacancies currently sat unfilled in the economy. Marvellous. Andrew Bailey, though the Governor of the Bank of England and members of the Monetary Policy Committee are highlighting some risks in all this, posed by stubbornly high inflation, leading to some to believe a rise in interest rates is on the cards. Personal view expressed a few months ago they'd done it earlier and maybe they wouldn't be talking about doing it now. Not everyone will agree with that. Let's see if our guests do. Harry, what do you think the state of the economy is saying about business at the moment? I think it's uh, it's certainly a very interesting time for us at the moment. Um, I know that there's huge, huge pressure on supply chains that a lot of our customers are talking about, um, which is obviously driving this, you know, uh, rate of inflation to to soar. Um, we've got customers that are struggling to buy things for their business, and they're having to look at alternative suppliers that they've never been to before. Um, which obviously puts immense pressure on uh, traditional ways of paying for things. Um, but then it provides an opportunity for us as well. The, the, um, the interesting thing about the supply chain, before we go on to, to your opportunities, is that uh, the IMF, Financial Times, put it on the front page this week, is saying that this is genuinely a global issue and it is driving global inflation threats. Whereas if you look at our media, it looks like it's a British issue. It's all about Brexit or it's all about the pandemic or it's all about the government not in control. Is it, do you think, global or domestic? I definitely think it's global. Um, when you look at the energy market, for example, it's a global issue. You've got problems uh, in China with electricity. You've got gas markets, you know, uh, around the world that the, the requirements for natural gas, you know, people are mm. people all across the world. This is going to have an impact. Um, everyone's pushing to become greener. Obviously, that means the investment in fossil fuels is is reducing. Um, you know, every country in the world is impacted by that type of problem. So energy prices across the world are going to soar and that's going to have knock-on impacts on absolutely every economy in my view. Obviously some will benefit more than others uh, but um, you know it's going to have a global impact for sure in my view. Now I interrupted you before you were going to tell us about the impact on your business but let's just find out what your business is expense mate. What does it do? Yeah, so uh, ExpenseMate is a B2B expense management software. So we issue businesses with uh, corporate cards that then link into um, software. So what it enables you to do is really uh, distribute cards to each member of your organization so they can purchase on behalf of the business. So 
Um, that enables much more flexibility, freedom, and oversight of, of the data, uh, but also you know means people can buy what they need to do their job effectively. Okay, so the pressures that we've got on the supply chain, does it affect you in any way? Are there credit issues? Are there uh, issues about making sure that uh, the staff for various organisations have this flexibility that relates to the issues in the economy? Yeah, so from our customer's perspective, um, I mean, it has many issues is on our business, uh, but from our customer's perspective, uh, we're seeing that people you know, some of our customers are buying goods online that they would normally buy through normal channels. So their employees are having to find innovative ways to, to get the products and services that they need and then maybe reselling them in their own mm. uh, shop fronts. Um, you've got things like manufacturers having to source goods from from different, um, you know, suppliers where they maybe don't have credit terms set up with yet uh, and they're having to be quite flexible to get goods last minute. So that that is that obviously has an impact for our customers. In terms of us as a business, we're also a credit lender. So uh, as you can see in the news that we talked about, you know, interest rates are rising. So as a credit lender, that has, you know, uh, quite a significant impact for us, um, which could mean that, you know, down the line, the cost of, of lending is increasing. Um, which, and and which people will, may not borrow as much. People may not borrow as much. Um, also, as a as a fintech startup, obviously we're always looking for investment to to grow our business. So uh, as interest rates rise, people maybe are more inclined to put their money into uh, you know standard uh, loans or, or financial products instead of investing in in technology stocks and things like that. So that that can also have quite an impact on our ability to raise funds and, and grow. Do you know, I, I'm listening to you, and I'm just thinking in our own business this week. Uh, we had a, a case where we could have done with your service, and, and, and we don't. By the way, we don't do the PR for this service. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. We had, uh, we needed a new computer, but it was a specialist type of computer, and um, we were searching around to find one, and we we couldn't find one that was available. Uh, but one of our staff found one that was available outside of office hours, and uh, and actually had to buy it on their own credit card, and we've had to refund it. That's how we've ended up having to sort it out. It, it was a, a, about shortage of supply that caused the issue uh, and uh, the person didn't have one of these expense make cards so we've had to refund them. It, it, it's, there's no problem in it but it's just more bureaucratic and cumbersome. But it does show you that shortage of supply does have people scrambling around when, they, when they've found something they want. They want to buy it now. Yeah, and, and and it causes many more problems such as you know the paper trail of that person getting the reimbursement. Yes. So I'm sure that you're a very conscientious company. Oh, absolutely. And you're, you're but it would have been more straightforward to do it with one of these cards. Yeah, definitely. But the you know the, the paper trail of managing the VAT reclaim as well. So making sure you get that receipt, making sure that you have that documented, uh, making sure that you repay the staff member in time. There's a lot of knock-on yes. kind of impacts that happen as a result of that um, you know reactive purchase on a, on a on a uh, someone's personal credit card. It's fascinating. Let's come back to you, uh, Harry. Um, we've, you've, you've lured me in here. He's doing sales pitch on me, I think, for this expense, mate. Uh, right, let's bring in James Dentith. Now, uh, by the way, uh, full disclosure, we're proud to be a customer of yours. We don't do your PR, but we're yeah. proud to be a customer of yours. Uh, Baltic, uh, your apprenticeship division, we have one of your apprentices. We pay them 
uh, well in excess of the minimum wage, so it's oh, a proper definitely. job, yep. uh, but uh, she's learning a lot of different digital skills and it's very good. What is your view on the economy? You heard me reading out the data on employment, vacancies, uh, both of those things, tremendous, unknown for many people in business. I'm, I'm in my late 50s. I have never known a climate like this for staffing. What, what is the effect on you and your business? So it's been quite interesting for us when, when COVID came in, the same with everyone, we were reeling, we were quite unsure of you know, what the landscape was going to look like. But because we are digital and tech specialists, it's actually opened up quite a few new avenues. So the economy, you know, there's a lot of quite worrying impacts, but there's quite a few areas which are exciting. So especially within the SME areas, you know, smaller, even micro businesses, exploring new digital and tech ways to increase their revenue. Mm-hmm. So small companies, you know, investigating into apps or websites, you know, social platforms. So what that's brought is a massive investment in those areas. So the likes of data, digital marketing, software development, all of these skill sets are hugely in demand and the roles are increasing significantly. But at the minute, there's not the people to take on those job roles. So right now, there's a huge, huge opportunity for those entry level jobs to come in to allow people to train, but not just for new members of staff. For individuals to retrain and take on these opportunities. We'll flash a graphic up showing the funding mechanisms. Just talk us through how a company, an SME in the north of England, can get funding for the kind of support you give. Yeah, so the apprenticeship levy came in about four years ago and absolutely revolutionised apprenticeships. You know, it made it accessible for people of all ages and it changed the dynamic for companies as well. So your traditional SME, if we say they've got under 50 staff, then they can take on an apprentice, a new member of staff who, you know, if they're 19 or older, they can start their apprenticeship and they'll be eligible to claim back £3,000 in funding, split into two amounts at the beginning and the end of the apprenticeship. If they take on someone who's 18 or under, it'll be £4,000. So again, kind of split into that section. So what this has really brought about, again, is that opportunity for people to look at where they're at in their careers and their lives and investigate new platforms and it's opened up that ability for employers to support by getting a huge huge financial aid to put towards equipment like you were saying you know computers or you know essential resources or just to support with the wage for those individuals. Yes I I think from our point of view the individual concern very good young member of the team not under 18 by the way I say young um, actually mature because she's um, in her mid-20s so um, I mean as someone who's in their late 20s take umbrage with the word mature there, yeah, but yeah, I, see, exactly. I see where you're coming from. But not, not, a, not, a, not a school leaver age yeah. or anything like that. Um, and uh, she's getting on great with the apprenticeship. The one thing that I think is useful to my small firm with the cash rebate that comes along is the fact that it is right to make the apprenticeship work, that she has to be out of the business yeah. for some time. And sometimes that means some backfilling uh, because you need her to, uh, uh, to go and learn. It's not just about uh, doing a job and getting the job calling it an apprenticeship she, she actually has to be freed up to attend your courses yeah and that's it you know there's there's a different element to it you've got the traditional learning which we provide through our smart classroom so again we were quite fortunate we've been delivering online learning for six years now well closer to seven actually so when the pandemic came about none of our apprentices were actually disrupted in terms of their learning due to our processes so it's something that i'm and everyone at baldick hugely proud of that we could continue that support for learners and employers now, it is true, isn't it? I, I might, is this too big a statement to make that a majority of businesses don't have apprentices? Many, many do, but a majority don't. Is that right? Yeah, I'd probably say, say that's true. You know, you can look into different areas and we're, we're a national training mm-hmm. provider. But if you look at somewhere like the, the West of England Combined Authority, so Bristol, Bath, Gloucester, 
about 64.9% of their SMEs have never taken on an apprentice. Yes. And you know, there'll be areas like that all over the country. And it strikes me, I put this out as a maybe a contentious point, because it was what was being said by Boris Johnson last week, that employers maybe need to get real and grit their teeth and do some of this training now in order that they don't have to pull in immigrant labour in the longer term and have visa labour, but actually generate the skills within themselves using apprenticeships for the for the longer term. Maybe the short term the visas are going to be needed, but maybe he was right on this issue of, he, he described it as wage growth, but I would think of it more as skills growth because the two are both sides of the same coin. What are your views on that? I'll ask Harry as well. You first. I think I completely agree. I think the skills growth is a massive issue. We've had a digital skills gap for years and this is an opportunity for us to work together as a collective to bridge that gap. And there is this perception of apprenticeships which you know we've been battling for years. You know, you always get that comparison between apprenticeships and university and apprenticeships often come off as this dirty word that you know are people who couldn't go to university and it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. It's a fantastic opportunity for people to get into different environments, to engage in skill sets that suit them. And the structure of apprenticeships now and the way they're run means that they will have a hugely positive impact in your business much sooner than you think. And it's mm. very much about you know, that. It's, it's true, what you put into it, you will get out of it. If you and, offer them that support, they'll give back to you. And, and, and also, sometimes the craft skills that you have in a business, uh, whether it be a traditional construction business or even a PR firm like ours, where we have people working on the cameras and organising the studio system like we're in now, those are now as, if not more important than some of the white collar skills. And these, these go the apprenticeship and, 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 and vocational routes sometimes when it comes to training. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's so much translation into everyday life. So data technician, for instance, one of our level three courses, it has application in HR, finance, you know, business, sales, marketing. You can apply it into so many different facets of a business. Harry, you're dying to get in. Come on. I, <laughs> I can see you itching to make a comment on this. Well, yeah, I mean, look, we've got, we've got 1.1, 1.2 million job vacancies open in the, in the country at the moment. And there's obviously a huge skills gap in terms of, you know, what, what people, what skills people have and what skills they need to have. Um, and I think that apprenticeships are an absolutely fantastic way to bridge that gap. So James, the work you're doing is, is fantastic. Um, and I think, you know, you, you asked about, um, you know, immigrant labor versus, uh, you know, building people um, from within the country. You know, I think it has to be a mix of them both. Some, some jobs, uh, if, if I'm looking for a software developer, for example, as much as an apprenticeship is something that I want to take on and, and do, sometimes highly skilled uh, jobs like a software developer, a CTO, do need to come from uh, you know other other geographies. Um, so I think that there's a place for both. Um, I think that's right. And by the way, the geography you want to fish in isn't just Europe, is it? No, I mean you, a global, it could be global. from the Asian subcontinent. It could be from America. Yeah, definitely, and um, you know, outsourcing in in uh, technology is is not definitely not a new concept. Um, but uh, models where you kind of can manage an employee from anywhere in the world is is becoming kind of more and more commonplace. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the person uh, working in the UK all the time, but um, you know, it certainly does help when you have that face to face contact if it's someone that's working on something strategically important. 
So let's look at the future. Let's cast our let's see. See if the three of us can make this TV TV recording last. If we were to look at it in the new year, and we're going through this period of uh, supply chain problems, we've got potentially before Christmas an interest rate increase. Are we resilient enough with these numbers on employment that the thing isn't going to turn and it will quickly result in house prices falling? in prices in the shops going up, in people's jobs being lost? Or do we think that we've got enough resilience in the system to take a few shocks on inflation or interest rates? Harry first. I think it's going to be really challenging, if I'm honest. Um, you know, positives are that the wages are increasing, um, but is that going to increase at the level uh, that uh, is required to, to, you know, deal with some of the challenges that are going to come from inflation. Um, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I do think that it's going to be very challenging. Um, I think that, you know, things like universal credit been uh, reduced by £20 a month. Um, you know, that, that's going to have an impact on the poorest people in society. Um, and that will mean that, you know, less money has been, been spent uh, in the economy. Um, so I do think that there are a few positives, but, you know, it is going to be very tough moving forward. Um, and we need to be you know, in a position where we're, we're very resilient and, uh, you know, been very careful about how we spend money over the next uh, couple of months. Yes, I th we've got to keep the show on the road, haven't we? I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll give you my opinion and then hear, hear James as well. I, I have got more than 80 clients at Recognition PR and... Um, we are hearing from lots of them that their investment program is proceeding, that they've recruited, but now it's a bit steady as she goes. But none of them are feeling that they are anxious about the future. And quite a lot of them feel that what they're seeing on broadcast television and in some newspapers is overstating the problems. Uh, the front line isn't reflecting. Now, that's what I'm hearing. Um, so that causes me to be a bit more optimistic that at the turn of the year we might start January in a better a better state than we're currently predicting. That's my personal view. Uh, James, what's yours? I'd edge similar to yourself, Graham. You know, in terms of the optimism, you know, we've we've gone through quite a significant period of growth throughout COVID. So we went from about 140 to almost 200 staff, and we're continuing that growth because the opportunities are there. Now, I do also agree with Harry, you know, the wages are going to be a huge element mm. and that's a big objective for us. So shifting, again, that perception of apprentices and ensuring that we're giving all of the information to employers that comes with, you know, increasing that wage for apprentices. The individuals who pay them apprentices minimum wage, are you really investing in that individual? Yeah. Are you giving them all the opportunities? Are you making them feel like part of the family? Whereas if you up their wage, if you give them something which is reflective of what an individual needs, what an individual deserves, then you, know, you get that loyalty. And I think if we can instill that loyalty, if we can get that dynamic created and you're continued, when we go into the new year, we'll have you know, streams of people who are loyal, who are confident, who are competent. And if we've got that within the economy, it'll help 
you know, rebuild it. And that, that argument goes to also productivity gains. And productivity yeah. gains are not just about the factory shop floor, they're white collar as well. Take an example of accountancy. Uh, in our small business, we have somebody who works a long, lot of hours on the accounts. Uh, we're moving towards this AI-based software where it, the invoice is linked to your bank and when it gets paid, it automatically checks off and there's less inputting of data, mm. the kind of thing we're hearing from ExpenseMate. Anything like that that drives a productivity gain will allow a, a small business like mine, I talked to another business in finance recently who was saying, no, we're not going to recruit anymore. We've got a good team now. We've paid pay, pay rises, but we're going to look for ways of getting productivity up. So expense mate might be a way, a new accountancy software might be a way, retraining somebody or training somebody in new skills might be a way. So I think that the, the push on productivity might start to be in employers' minds much more now than a worry about making redundancies. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, efficiency, productivity and innovation as well. You know, I think that's going to be the message going into 2021, uh, 2022, sorry. You know, taking all of those lessons that we've learned, you know, Harry's entirely right, remote working has opened up huge, huge possibilities. We've oh, don't get it. me started there. I want, them, I want people to work together. I'm one of these people who doesn't like the work from home mantra. I like my team and my team like to be in, but I suppose yeah. it's horses for courses. Freely I accept that, but... Uh, this is, I, 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 don't get me going. <laughs> Go no, on, no, no, you say your piece. No, I think for me, a hybrid element is probably what I would prefer. You know, I enjoy having that ability to mix with people. I think the creative output is fantastic when you're face to face. But again, taking it back to productivity and efficiency, you can see a huge spike for certain individuals and certain companies when you are working remotely. So, you know, taking all of those strengths and being able to apply them in the right way, I think it's, uh, it's going to be quite interesting. Well, Harry, you got the first word. I'm going to give James <laughs> the last word. Thank you very much both for joining us. I tell you what, it's no, been very you. interesting. Come back on the programme in the next few months. It'll be great to see you again. And do join us on Business Unmuted next week. And don't forget, in two weeks' time, the programme is live at Virtue Motors dealership in Teesside. And I'm pleased to be able to say that Tees Valley Mayor Ben Houchen will be on that panel uh, with Robert Forrester, the Chief Executive of Virtue Motors.